Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh. And before I introduce tonight's guest, I want to tell you all about the Summer of Love Contest. There are only two more weeks left until the end of the Summer of Love Contest, and I have over 20 books and gift certificates to give away, and the drawing will be on Labor Day weekend. Now, all you need to do to enter is either like the Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books Facebook fan page or follow the show on Blog Talk Radio. And to see all of the beautiful covers, go on Pinterest under Bernadette Walsh, and then you can click on all of the Summer of Love boards. By liking or following, you will always be up to date with all of our shows and guests, plus you might win some really great prizes. Now, I'm so pleased to introduce tonight Jerry Brousseau. This romance writer from Connecticut incorporates in her writing adventure, danger, and romance because she believes the journey to happily ever after should leave you breathless. Her titles include A Pirate's Ransom, According to Legend, and To Kill a Monarch. So welcome, Jerry, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm so pleased you could join me this evening. How are you? Hi. Thanks, Bernadette. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. Now, maybe you can tell us first um, a little bit about your genre. Um, I think based on our prior conversation, you think you have elements of a couple of different genres. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your books and where you'd kind of classify them. Well, they're all historical. Um, the first book is about pirates, and it takes place in 1719. So that's historical. According to Legends of Time Travel, so it begins in present day, and it's about a girl who um, gets a dream catcher, and through her dreams she's drawn back in time to the Indian tribe. And the third book is kind of an intrigue romance. Um, it's about an assassin who's trying to kill the king um, in 1811. It's actually kind of like 007 in 1811. Oh, Wow. Well, wow, so these are so these have a certain amount of suspense as well. It sounds like and mystery. Yes, definitely. Oh, well, I like the time travel. Time travel is definitely one of those new um, new genres. So, um, so that's very exciting. Now, maybe you can tell us how long you've been writing. Well, to be honest with you, I can't remember a time when I wasn't writing. When I was um, like about eight years old, I remember all my friends in the summer vacation from school, they were off playing and bike riding, and I had a spiral notebook and, and pencils, and I was sitting under a tree writing um, little kid stories. But um, I can't remember a time when I wasn't writing. And as I kind of grew older, I was like the editor of our high school newspaper, I have a legal background, so I wrote trial briefs. But finally, in about 2009, light dawned over Marblehead, and I decided I'd start to write a book. And I did actually wrote a few. And now, how do you belong to a local writing group or RWA? Um, actually, I belong to RWA. I belong to the Connecticut chapter of RWA, which is CTRWA. And I also belong to um, Connecticut Authors and Publishers Association, which is CAPA. So um, I tend to get a lot out of listening to the journey of other authors. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's especially for someone starting out, and, and it sounds like you know you haven't been writing all that long. Um, I, I just think it's such a wonderful resource, and it's one I, I wish I belong to the Long Island chapter of RWA, and it's one I wish I could take advantage of a little bit more, uh, but unfortunately life gets in the way, so um, so I, I can't go as often as I can. But I, I really do think I I just wouldn't be writing today if it wasn't for RWA. So. It, it, you sometimes need to talk to other writers. You know, I, I think we talked about on the last show, you know, sending out your work for critiques and how a lot of beginner writers send it out to friends and family. And that's really of limited help, I think, because, you know, unless you're another writer, another writer can tell you why something doesn't work. You know, your friends and family may, the most they'll be able to tell you is that something doesn't work. You know what I mean? So I think sometimes you need that that input from, from other writers. Um now, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your publication journey. Well, because I belong to these writers groups, I kind of knew what to expect along the way. And so I just kept sending out my queries and I didn't give up until finally somebody said yes. And, of course, it was like 1030 at night and I couldn't call anybody to tell them, but I was jumping up and down hysterically. But... Um, I got lucky because what I did was I wrote um, a book, and then instead of doing anything, I wrote three more books. And then I started to query. So within a matter of one year, three books got published. Now, are they all with the same publisher? Yes, these three are all with Soulmate Publishing. Okay. And are they available digitally or by paper or both? Well, Pirate's Ransom is available both, and according to Legend and to Kill a Monarch are digital right now, but will come to print, um, according to Legend, in January, and to Kill a Monarch will be in print in June of next year. Mm-hmm. Well, that was very brave of you to to just, um, you know, just keep writing, and I, I think that's actually a very interesting way to go, because so many people, and myself included, you as soon as they hit the end of the first book, they send it out to the world. I mean, that's certainly what I did. And instead of focusing on the writing, and it was only after I got lots and lots of rejections that I decided to put my first book aside and start my second book. And it was in writing the second book that I really just kind of hit my stride and really saw what I had done wrong in the first book. And so what I did then was after I finished the second book, I went and kind of fixed the first book and, and then sent it out. But um, So it's very interesting that you just focused on your writing for your first three books. So I guess then you, you probably were more attractive to the publisher because you just had more to offer them, offer them at that point. I, I agree. I think that they tend to look at you differently when you have more than – I mean, like more than one arrow in your quiver. You know what I mean? Right. Now, do you have an agent at this point, or is that something you're thinking about looking into in the future? I don't have an agent at this point, and I actually, funny you should mention that, um, today I just started to research agents I am looking, and I want to um, really find out who's looking for what I like to write, and I'm looking for like six to really target, so that mm-hmm. I can get you know get where I want to be. Right, right, right. No, I you know I'm I'm sort of in the same boat. I have I have six books. That, well, my sixth book book will be out in September. That's the the Devil and Witch, 
but um, I'm with smaller digital-first publishers, which has been a great experience and it's been a wonderful learning experience. But I'm kind of the same as you. I'm like, okay, well, what do I want to do next? And where do I want to get? How do I want to get to the next level? And so I'm, you know, I'm working on a full-length women's fiction book, and I'm deciding what I want to do with that when it's done. You know, it, it's, it's still I'm only about 80 pages in. But I think I want to try and make it a full length. I think I want to try and, you know, try and go that traditional publishing route, which is a bit daunting because I'm comfortable in in the niche I'm in right now. But I, I you know, like you, I think it's worth seeing what else is out there. And but it's kind of nerve wracking too because the thought of writing more query letters just makes me break out in hives. But <laughs> you know, sometimes it's something you need to do to get to the next level. You know. Yep, I hear you, but you know. I mean, it's easy to fall into your comfort zone, but the only way you ever grow is to get out of it. So mm-hmm. I know what I have to do. It's just keep writing, write the next epic book. Right. <laughs> now, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your writing schedule. Um, is it something, do you try and write every day, or is it, do you write in big blocks of time? Um, well, it depends where I am in time. Like right now, I'm preparing to do a blog tour, so I'm writing a lot of articles for the blogs. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm in editing mode, I'm not writing at all. I'm editing. Once all this is over and the blogs are posted and I'm done with that, I'm going to be starting my next project. But actually, I have a couple projects. Um, that's another thing I do. I have usually two or three books simultaneously that I'm writing. So I don't get writer's block. If I'm stuck at one, I go to the next project and it's fresh and it just keeps me going. Wow, I think that's incredible. And I'm always so impressed when people say they can work on one project at a time because I can really only write one project at a time. I can edit the other ones, you know, if I need to. But even that kind of throws me off a little bit. I, I really need... You know, especially in between work and family, I can really only do one at a time. And so when I'm, you know, hit with writer's block, as you say, I, you know, I have to work through it because I don't have another project to work on. So, you know, I, I think that's really incredible. Now, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you write. Do you um, write from the third person? Do you write first person? Um, Pirates and Legends are both in first person and Monarch is in third. Mm-hmm. So now, did you find it difficult to switch? No, <laughs> I don't know. Everybody said what? <laughs> I don't hate me. No, I didn't. I just, um, I don't. I can't explain the way I write. I'm, I'm totally. I don't really do storyboards. I don't do outlines. I get an idea. I sit down. I put my fingers on the keyboard, and the words just come out. Mm-hmm. And that's how it came out. So, um, I'm working on couple of projects and they're in third person right now um so that's i guess where i'm at mm-hmm. <laughs> third person yeah no that's interesting um i write from the first person and i've talked about this a little bit on some of my other shows but part of the reason why i write from the first person is because i'm a lawyer and uh, so 
I think my legal training has impacted my writing. And so when I tried to write from the third person, it sounds about as exciting as a contract. So I needed to be closer to the characters, and that's why I write in the first person. But, you know, a lot of people will say that really hurts you because a lot of the publishers and editors don't like first person. But that's kind of all I've got at this point. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> I'll try my next book. I'll try the third person. But, again, I, I, the more distant I get from the story – uh, the more I just kind of fall into my pattern, which is to write like a lawyer, which is not, you know, it's fine for, for my clients, but it's not fine for, for people who want to write romance. So so that's kind of oh, where I, I am. Oh, I hear you. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I, I have to fight against my natural. I'm sorry? <laughs> I'm a paralegal, so I totally get what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to try and put in another hat to, to kind of spice up your writing. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the, the steamy level of your books. Are, are your books particularly steamy? Call the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> um, I write, yeah. Um, they're, unlike some people, I don't write sex scenes, just put in sex scenes. They are necessary and they flow in the story, but they are very erotic. Really? Okay, so it's so you think you're falling into the erotica realm or are you just a little bit shy of that? I'm just slightly shy of it, um, but they're very descriptive scenes, and of course they're um, they're historical. So I'm not using contemporary slang for body parts, but <laughs> it's um, yeah, they're they're pretty erotic. I mean, really. And now, did you right. did you find that hard to like kind of work into, or did you like start out the gate you were comfortable writing those types of scenes? I was comfortable writing them. It didn't faze me. It was just really? necessary. I mean, um, I don't write children's books. My characters are adults. And let's face it, if you're a normal adult, you have sex. <laughs> if you're lucky. It's just natural. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a natural thing. So, um, yeah, they're, they fall in love and everything progresses to the next level. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's exciting. So you, it sounds like your books kind of hit so many popular genres right now. You know, it's the spicier stuff. It's you know time travel. It's pirates. You know, you've got a little bit of everything. So it certainly doesn't. You, no one can say that your books are boring. That's for sure. Oh no, they're they're action packed. So if you're, I was actually just sent out um, a copy to an advanced reader for um, To Kill a Monarch. And she emailed me the next morning. She said, I hate you. I was up all night. I could not stop reading this book. So <laughs> it's it's full of action, and it's, you know, that's how they all are. Right, right, right. I don't, so I don't want my readers to be bored. Well, it sounds like it's um, it's certainly very different from your day job. Um, how do you fit it? How do you fit it all in? I mean, how do you kind of transition from writing spicy romance to, you know, being a paralegal? Well, when I'm at the DDJ, the dreaded day job, <laughs> I kind of like turn everything off and just focus on my job. And at 5 o'clock when I walk out of the other office, I don't even think about it. And I come home and I flip the computer on and I'm just like another person. I'm, I'm writing, mm-hmm. whether it's the next book or the blog articles or I'm editing. I don't think about what's going on at the day job. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the great things about writing romance, uh, or I guess any kind of fiction writing. It's a way to really escape, and and I really feel like I'm I'm using a completely different side of my brain when I'm writing romance as opposed to writing contracts. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely definitely different, and I I just feel like writing has has really opened me up and. I've just, you know, it's especially doing it at this stage in my life because I didn't start writing until I was after, you know, older, much older, like, well, in my opinion, older. I was over 40. And, um, you know, it's it's it shows that you're never too old, right? You can always find something new and, and, and explore a different part of yourself. So, you know. Oh, I like agree. I said, you're never too old. Never too old to go after your dream and to reinvent yourself. You're never too old to take that leap of faith. And mm-hmm. I encourage anybody out there to take that leap of faith, to grab that brass ring and to go after what you're passionate about. If writing's your passion, just keep writing and do not give up. Yeah, that's, that's excellent advice. Excellent advice. I mean, I certainly talk about writing for years and years and years. Um, I always, because I love to read, and I and I always talked about being a writer. But I kind of viewed writing as something I'd do like in retirement, or if I won the lottery. You know what I mean? Like I never, I always thought I was too busy to write, and I'm still too busy to write. But if you don't make time for something, you know, the years pass, and it'll just never happen. You know. So if there is something that you want to try, like now is the time. If there's any way to do it, and especially something like writing, you can fit it in the margins of your life if you're disciplined. You know, if you even if you read, I mean, sometimes I write 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Well, so maybe I'll get a paragraph, but it's a paragraph more than I had the day before, and a paragraph turns into a page, turns into a chapter. You know, finally, eventually, turns into a book. So, I I agree, it's something you have to kind of keep at. But um, well, but I look at it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. In five years, in five years, you're going to be five years older than you are now. You're either going to not have chased your dream or you may have achieved your dream in five years. It's up to you. You're still going to be five years older. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So I think you're right. I think you fit it in, you make time for it, and it'll happen. Right. And I think as women, too, we we so often put other people first. You know, we put our family first, we put our job first, and sometimes you have to put yourself first. And even if it is only for 20 minutes a day, to do what you want to do, and um, whether it be writing or something else. I think the, the difficulty, though, that I'm finding now, especially now that I have six books out, is, is balancing, you know, because I have a certain slot in my life of, okay, this is my writing time. And now what's sucking up a lot of my, quote, writing time is doing things other than writing, which is promotion. And and other things, and you know, and 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 at least with writing, you know, if you, you again, you put that twenty minutes, okay, you get a paragraph. You can put twenty minutes into promotion, two hours into promotion, and it's hard to see what you're achieving. You know, the tangible achieving. You know, unless you, you know, sometimes somebody will add your book on Goodreads, but what is that really? You know, so I mean, how do you balance your day job with writing with the promotion? Well, I never dreamed in my wildest imagination that when I typed the words at the end, I would have to become a marketing expert. Never. I never gave it a thought. But now I find that, um, and even I've I've been told that the big six publishers do very little for you, if anything. So you're out there and you're marketing, and it's just part of what you have to do. Um, 
I fit it in. I write the articles. I post them. I answer the questions. I do the giveaways. I do the book signings. It's it's tough. I mean, there's very little me time. It's either Mm -hmm. the DDJ, the dreaded day job, or my career. And I don't look at, after 5 o'clock, I don't look at it as work. I look at it as my career. If you're doing something you're passionate about and something you love to do, it's not a job. Mm-hmm. It's your it's a it's your career, and right. writing and, my career. Right, and in order to make that career work, you have to do you have to take your medicine, and I guess doing the promotion is is taking your medicine. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it, and those blog tours especially, I you know, I did a few with my, my first few books. I haven't done one, I haven't organized one um, for my upcoming release just because other things have kind of gotten in the way. And also, I'm just not sure what to do because I've done some blog tours. And again, like you said, it takes up an awful lot of time to write those. Um, I feel like I was answering the same question ten different ways, you know. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> You are, right? And it's, again, you know, is it having an impact? I don't know. So, uh, but Well, there's like no way said, to measure, you know, there's no way to measure if a blog tour will sell books. There's no way to measure if um, an ad on Facebook will sell books or an ad on Goodreads will sell books. There's just no measure, no way. I think the best way is word of mouth, but you're not going to have word of mouth unless you do those things. The more people see your name, and the more you get your name out there, the more people will talk about your book. So initially, it's not about really selling books. It's about how many ways can I get my name out there. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the numbers will come. No, I That's agree. I, I agree. I agree. Well, maybe you can tell us um, a little bit about maybe one of your favorite characters in your book. Is there one character in particular that you, that is your favorite You mean that I've written? Yes, that you've it would written. Have to be, it has to be Half-Breed in According to Legend. Half-Breed's a wolf. Um, well, he's, he's half-dog, half-wolf, but he's very unique, and he's not really what he seems. And he has his own quirky personality, and um, he's, if anybody has read the book, I think they'll agree. Everybody seems that has read the book seems to love Half-Breed. And um, he's my favorite and I also like, you know, Pirate's Ransom, I have a character whose name is the Contessa Fiadora di Lorenzo, and she's a courtesan, and I like her, too. So um, Now, are there any um, characters that you would think are, are most like you? I think that there's a little bit of me in all of them. Mm-hmm. Because if there, if there weren't, how could I make them real? I mean, I I think that, you know, we all have certain characteristics and certain um, qualities, but I think there's a little of me in all of them. Yeah, I think that's true. I think a lot of, you know, especially for me, for my main characters, there are some... You know, even though they're outward, outwardly they may be very different from me, I think I always put 
something, some nugget of myself in there. And sometimes I'll put my, you know, the things I don't like about myself and give that to a character. Um, I, you know, I've had one character in The Devil and Witch, um, Rita, who is very, very, um, she's ruthless in a lot of ways. She's, you know, on the surface very sweet and, and charming and she's beautiful, but she gets what she gets and she, she, what, she gets what she wants and what she wants is paramount, you know, and that's not a great char- a characteristic to have, but sometimes I see a little bit of my, myself, um, not that I'm ruthless, but sometimes, you know, sometimes I put myself first, maybe in instances where I shouldn't. So I, she's she's that way to the hundredth degree, you know, and then, you know, I have other characters who I put my own insecurities, you know, sometimes when you're, and again, you kind of amplify them a little bit more in your um in your characters, but I feel like almost sometimes with your characters, you can express things that you would never express in your real life. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's it's our way of creating our own worlds. And um, but I then I I think some of my sec- a lot of my secondary characters, I would say that there's not much of me in there. They really are just purely you know pure fiction. But um, well, but certainly it, my courtesan has nothing is nothing like me. But she's she's very flamboyant and she's um, she's quite a character. But um, like I said, there there's little pieces of my character in all of them, only amplified as you said, in ways that I probably would not have in my own personality. Mm-hmm. But that's what's fun about writing, right? You can you can explore things through your characters that you would maybe never, and you can say things that you would never say in your real life, but you can have your character right. say it. Right. That's always <laughs> Let somebody else say it. Right, that's exactly. Right. And then sometimes it's like, oh, my character would never say that. You know, she's such a lady, she'd never say that. But, you know, sometimes I just let it rip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially since your stuff is kind of spicy. Now, what has been the reaction of your family and friends to the fact that you write this, you know, spicy historical romance? Well, my close immediate family was always supportive. They believed in me actually at times when I didn't believe in myself. Um, but my um, my family that's my extended family, like cousins and things like that, um, when I first said I had written a book, they didn't say much. They just looked at me like they felt sorry for me. <laughs> and um, They felt like sorry for you. Why would they feel sorry for you? That, that sympathetic look like, yeah, you think you're going to go somewhere. But now that I have three books published, they... They just—they—they're all different now. It's like, oh, how's the books going? Oh, I just read this one; it's really good. You know, they're—they're they're all happy now. Now they come mm-hmm. to the book signings and they, you know, they participate and they're supportive. That sympathetic, I feel sorry for you look is long gone. So everybody in the family now is supportive. And how about and your day great. job? Do they know about your um your your second life as a writer? Oh yeah, they know. Um, my boss, fortunately, is really cool. It's um, next month. I have a really huge book signing, and if anybody lives in the um, New England area, I'm going to be signing in the Connecticut building at the Big Eight, the Eastern States Exposition, um, two days in September, the 19th and the 28th. The 19th happens to be a Thursday, and he's go ahead, just go have fun. He says. 
So uh, he knows I'm gone that day, and I I hope that. Well, I'm thinking that a whole truckload of employees can show up there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're planning, but yeah, I'm kind of excited well, about it because it's a big venue. Yeah, that well, that is exciting, and that's what's the nice thing about it, having at least one of your titles in paper that you can do these types of events. My, all of my books are digital only, so um, that's one of the downsides because I can't do a lot of those, you know, in-person events. And and that's what's nice to you know meet people face to face and and get them interested in their book and get them interested in your writing, you know. But um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about where people can find you online. Well, they can check out my website which is www.jerryverso.com. And they can catch me on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. And all that information is on my website under Contact Me. So if they go to my website and check out Contact Me, I even have my email address there, they can um, email me. I'm always happy to answer questions and to meet readers and fans. Wow. Well, Jerry, thanks so much for um, for joining me today. It's it's been really interesting to hear about your your writing career and all your um, thoughts for the future. So again, thank you so much. Um, it's been a real joy. Um, just want to remind everyone about um, some of my upcoming shows. Um, I have Danny Collins will be in two weeks. I'm taking a little bit of a break, and then I have so many wonderful writers. Um, planned for the fall and actually I'm planned uh, I'm booked up until February so it's going to be a very very busy few months but uh, the show is going very well and um, and I hope that everyone will continue to listen in because I have some really really great guests coming up also want to remind everyone about The Devil and Witch the fourth book in the Devil and Legacy series will finally be released on September 1st by Lyrical Press. And the first three books in those series are available. And actually, the price has been reduced on two of them. So I think two of them are only $1.99. But those are Devil's Mountain, Devil's Shore, and Devil's Daughters. So please, please, please check those out. I think you'll really enjoy them. And if you're looking for a nice light, airy beach read for your beach vacation, please check out Gold Coast Wives. That's also by Lyrical Press. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh of Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.